Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. everybody. Welcome to our noonday service where our God is amazing. Our God is amazing. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you for another day's journey. We thank you for a good night's sleep last night. We thank you, Lord, for the sunshine and for the liquid sunshine that you give us, for all the blessings that you bestow upon our lives. We just want to say thank you. We pray for Brother Robert Walker, Sister Lucy Robinson, Sister Carol Keys, Lord, that you will lift them up and heal their bodies and bring them back to the place where they are able to participate in life. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for our graduates that have graduated this this spring from high school, from college, from from all sorts of grades. We just thank you for them when we ask that you would would move them higher. We thank you, Lord, for our children who are getting out for the summer. We ask for you to put a hedge of protection around them, that they may enjoy their time out, but that they may be safe as well. And then, Lord, we ask you to be with Brother Billy Myers and his family from the passing of his father, Reverend Myers, that you would put your arms around them, give them peace and solace during this time of bereavement. We thank you, Lord, for each person who's on the line and for all that you're doing for us in the midst of all our issues and challenges. We know that you are there and that with you, we are more than conquerors. These things we ask, Lord, and we ask that your Holy Spirit come into this place and speak through me as your instrument, Lord, as your tool that you're speaking through. Lord, let your word come forth powerfully and clearly that your people may be inspired and encouraged. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, our word comes from Matthew chapter 4. And I'm going to be reading the first 11 verses from the New International Version of the Bible. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And the word says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness 
to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with me, away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. I'd like to use for a subject for this noonday service, Don't Cross That Line. The subject is Don't Cross That Line. We see here three specific times when Satan, the devil himself, approached Jesus, God Almighty, with temptations, things that we often fall prey to in our lives. So we must never think or assume that we are above reproach, that we are living in such a manner that the devil can't get to us. Notice in line one of chapter four, it says Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted, led by the spirit. The spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. In in the book of Job, God had a conversation with Satan where God allows Satan to strike Job to see his faithfulness. So rather than assuming that we are beyond the temptation of Satan, we must be alert to his tactics and ready to counter his claims. Ready so that we don't cross that line. When we are younger and less mature in our thinking, it's often easy to believe that our enemy, the devil, is a is a horribly ugly looking creature that that tries to get to us in the vilest manners and tries to get us to do the, the worst possible things. But the thing is, actually, the devil is way smarter than that. Way smarter than that. He's not going to come in a frightening way but in an inviting way. When we look at the passage of scripture in this this lesson today, in Matthew 4, 
we see how cunning the devil really is. He knew that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He knew that he was weak and hungry physically. So the first thing he offered Jesus was bread. Verse 3 says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Of course, Jesus refused him by saying, Man should not live by bread alone. That didn't work. So, Then he appealed to Jesus' spiritual side, talking about angels, actually quoting scripture regarding them. The devil knows scripture. Do you know scripture? He says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus reminded him that one should not tempt the Lord. So finally, the devil thought, "Mm, I'm going to tempt his human desire for power and wealth. So I'm going to offer him the kingdoms of the world. So it says, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he says, if you will bow down and worship me. So Jesus promptly reminded him that we serve only the Lord and he bid the devil to leave. I shall worship the Lord thy God and only him. So you can see that the devil doesn't come at us with things like guns and knives and swords. He comes at us in ways that are attractive to us, in moments of weakness, often at times when we're not prayed up and when we've strayed from the faith. So be careful. He knows us. The Bible says that Satan has seven heads. He's good at what he does. He's smart and he studies us like a playbook, making plans for the next play to get us to cross that line and get into his territory where he can rule us. Now, I've been around a lot of Christian circles of people who say you shouldn't be preaching about the devil because God is is stronger than the devil. And so we just resist the devil and he will flee from us. But we better know a little bit about the tactics of the devil. Lest he outsmart us. 
So how do we protect ourselves from falling prey to Satan, from crossing the line into his territory? Well, today I want to talk about two things, two things that we should know. The first thing is that we should pray for deliverance from the crossover spirit. The crossover spirit. What is the crossover spirit? It's that spirit that makes us feel like the world's way is best. Young people call it FOMO. The fear of missing out. When we think the world's got it going on and we got to do what the world is doing or we're going to be left behind. We're going to miss out on the fun, on all that's going on. We're going to be stuck somewhere having church and the world is having fun. No, that's not exactly the way it is. The devil wants you to think that though. Remember Lot's wife, as they were leaving Sodom and Gomorrah that was going to be destroyed, fleeing for their lives as the cities were being burned. And Lot was told not to look back. He and his wife were told not to look back, but she could not resist. She was led by that crossover spirit and she turned and looked back and yearned for her old life. And the Bible says she turned to a pillar of salt right there, right there. In 2 Timothy 4 and 9, 9 and 10, it tells us about Demas a man named Demas, who was an assistant to Paul. But the Bible says Demas loved the world and worldly things entirely too much, too much to live the life of a disciple, to be used by God. The scripture says that he crossed over and though he had been called out of the world, He went back to his former life. So again, we should pray for deliverance from that worldly hole, from that spirit that would cause us to abandon our faith and step back into a world of sin. Thinking it's better, it's greater, it's more fun. It's the life. Stop looking at that and lusting after the things of the world. Set your mind on things above. Pastor Casey reminded us that Sunday in his Sunday sermon. Things of God. Set our minds on the things of God that have heavenly value. That don't wear out. Don't rust out. where thieves can't break in and steal. That's what we put our minds on and not the things of the world. 
So we should pray for deliverance from the crossover spirit. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is that we must pray for discernment to recognize the weapons formed against us. The weapons that the devil uses. Many of them, most of them don't look like weapons. The devil often fights with things that seem harmless to us. The truth is, for many of us, we're better off and we're better able to protect ourselves when we come against weapons like sickness and loss and heartache and hard times like Job did. We may recognize that something's not quite right and maybe the devil is after us. And so we need to get closer to God. But rather than hard things and hard times, sometimes the devil will set us up with good things, harmless little things, setting us up for the kill, things that we see as harmless. You see, because he he camouflages his activities in a way that we don't expect them to come and often we don't detect them. And that's why we have to pray for discernment from God to know when the devil is coming at us, to know what's right and what's wrong, to look at it for what it really is. You see, we can recognize our enemy when he's constantly coming at us with criticism and fighting us at every turn. But can we know him when he comes with admiration and compliments, telling us how good we look, how good we sound, how smart we are? Can we discern that it's really the devil setting us up? There's a story about a farmer and a viper. You know, a viper, a snake. The story concerns the farmer who finds the viper freezing in the snow. He sees the viper. He's in the snow. He's freezing. So the farmer took pity on him. And he picked him up and put him inside his coat. Well, the viper warmed up, revived by the warmth inside the man's coat, and then he bit him. And as the man was dying, he realized that it was his own fault. His own fault. Because he knew that that viper was a snake to begin with. So the moral of the lesson of the farmer and the snake is not to take pity on a harmful person. A toxic person can be very well harmful to us in his critical condition. Even when we try to help him. 
The snake represents those who always bite back those who help them. It sounds ungodly, but you can't help everybody. The thing is, a lot of times if we want to help people, the best thing for us to do is to pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for discernment from God as the best way to cover them in prayer. Because the devil could very well be using them to cause us harm. To cause us to cross the line. Don't play with fire. You'll eventually get burned. We're talking about discernment. To recognize the weapons that the devil uses to get us to cross the line into his territory. And how a lot of times the weapons he uses don't look like weapons. You know, we can recognize hatred from our enemy. But can we recognize a hug? We can recognize a gun. But what about a gift? We know what a knife looks like. And we might run from a knife. But can we recognize a kiss? We need to be alert. We need to be prayed up. All who come to you are not sincere. Many are wolves in sheep clothing. So we must be aware of our surroundings, aware of who is around us, aware of how they come at us. Lest we find ourselves in the snare of the fowler, crossing the line and going back into the world. So two things today. We need to pray for deliverance from the crossover spirit that makes us think that we might be missing out when we don't go the way of the world. And we need to pray for discernment to recognize the weapons formed against us. We need to stay on the Lord's side. And don't cross that line into Satan's territory. Watch what we see. Watch what we hear. Watch where we go. Watch what our hands do. And keep our eyes on Christ. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today that warns us that a lot of times when we look across the fence and we think the grass is greener on the other side, it's not even grass. It's artificial turf. It's not what it seems. And we live in a world today where 
Hardly anything is just what it seems. Everything comes with some sort of vagueness, some sort of artificial something. But Lord, we know that if we stay with you, that you will cover us, that you will give us discernment, that you will open our eyes, that we can see things as they are, and that you will protect us. We thank you, and we ask that you will constantly build us up so that we can be the people that you would have us to be. We thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The word today may not have been so inspiring, but it was necessary. A necessary warning because there's a lot out there. A lot out there that's not what it seems to be. And we need to be aware. I thank you for joining us today on our noonday service. We pray that you have gained from this time. We thank you for the fellowship. And we ask that you would inspire others. Witness to them. And help them grow as you grow. Thank you, our benediction now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you.